This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. And it is time for us to discuss the very complex legacy of the late Prince Mangosutu Butelezi. As, as, as I said earlier, we'll quote Voltaire. Uh, who said many things, that French philosopher. But he also said, to the living we owe respect, but to the dead we owe the truth. So what is the truth uh, as he lived it and the truth that will stay with us after his passing? We're going to start off with a former cabinet minister and advisor in government, a stalwart of the struggle, Dr. Sidney Mufamadi, who's the former minister of safety and security, um, and served in the cabinets of both presidents Nelson Mandela and Thabo Mbeki and would have worked quite closely in the post-apartheid era with Dr. Mangosu Tubutelezi. Thank you for your time, Dr. Mufamadi. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Bella, for having me. Oh, thank you for your time. And it's lovely to hear your voice after such a long time. So let's start off with um, the events of 32 years ago, almost to the day, you were there at the Codessa talks and you were there in the drafting of the National Peace Accord of the 14th of September, 1991. And big issues at the time were, how do you create a new country from the remnants of an apartheid system? And how do you create law and order because there were so many political killings in the run-up to those 1991 elections. And you led uh, the law and order portfolio for the Transitional Executive Council. So a lot of these issues that people talk about, the peace, the threats, the fears of civil war, the killings of Buibuadong, Togoza, are things you would have had to preside over, clear up, tidy up, create structures for. Tell us more. Yeah, well, uh, Ms. Mbele, the first point to bear in mind is that the violence that you are talking about, the violence which actually was the single biggest obstacle to the transition from apartheid to a new to the new dispensation, uh, had been with us much earlier than the period you are talking about. I remember that at one point, <clears throat> uh, Mephi Murube and myself led a delegation of comrades from present-day KwaZulu-Natal to Lusaka to consult with uh, the then president of the ANC, Oliver Tambo, to say uh, what wisdom do they have to share about the situation as it obtained in KwaZulu-Natal and it was beginning to be uh, a contagion into the rest of the country. Mm. And Mr. Tambo said to us, the one thing that you have to understand is that this violence is claiming victims from Inkata as well as 
from the UDF and COSATU on the other hand. These are people who belong to the camp of the oppressed. Therefore, you as people who are working for change in the country, your foremost responsibility is to bring about peace amongst the people. You can't get peace in then Natal if you are the UDF and COSATU, if you try to bypass Inkata and vice versa. We understood from that moment that for as long as the two movements, so to speak, the liberation movement broadly and Inkata existed separately, we were not going from each other headed in different directions, we were not going to have peace in the country. I want to interject there and to ask you to what extent uh, Prince Mangosutu Butelezi accepted what people said about him being a warmonger, a warlord, an instigator of uh, this kind of political violence. Well, you know, it depends on what you you want to achieve. If what you want to achieve is the perpetuation of violent conflict to eternity, then you will keep on personalizing political discourse, engage in name-calling, as opposed to deploying the power of suasion to persuade each other to look in the same direction. We chose, as the liberation movement, to appeal not only to uh, Prince Mangosutu Butelezi, but to all our people who were working in apartheid government-created institutions to, to reconsider their position, identify with the cause of liberation. And you will recall that by the time we went to Codessa, whereas Mr. de Klerk thought that he was going to surround the liberation movement with those who had a history of having worked within the system, to his surprise, he found that he was himself surrounded by a big contingent of parties that went under the label of the Patriotic Front. In other words, we went out of our way to unify those who objectively belong to the camp of the people. That is the task of a freedom fighter. Right. Okay. And so what I'm hearing you say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is without, um, without erasing history, the peace, forging a peace was a far greater objective and very important for building a democratic South Africa. Um, and, and that was your objective 
uh, as the liberation movement on the cusp of the very first elections in 1994. It was better to try to establish some semblance of peace than to castigate those who were not for the peace. Yes, particularly okay. because we, we understood that we did not have the capability to change the past. We had okay. the ability to shape the current situation as at the time and indeed to shape the future. Okay. My final question to you, though, is that Advocate Dumisa Nsebeza has spoken out um, following the death of the late Dr. Mango Sutubutelezi and says, frankly, he would have had a case to answer at the TRC. He still has a case to answer. And yet, Dr. Butelezi, in that process of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, he saw it as a witch hunt. He saw it as people reversioning history. Um, and he didn't see it as a way to foster peace. So did you get a sense, working with him in the post-94 government, that he had any kind of remorse? any kind of sense of responsibility for his part in the making of the South Africa? Well, I think there is another way of looking at this issue in an attempt to answer your question. You will recall that Mr. Mandela invited uh, Mr. Butelezi, uh, and in any case, he ended the to be represented in the government of national unity because his support levels uh, uh, went above the required threshold. Mm. Mr. Butelezi, uh, uh, not only did he serve in the government of national unity, but he actually outlasted Mr. Declerc and his national party. When Mr. Declerc decided to throw tantrums and leave the government of national unity, Mr. Butelez stayed on for the sake of the country. So we had a choice either to hang him on his past or to be forward-looking and hold hands with him on the basis that he is one of the millions of South Africans who have decided to work for a new South Africa. And I think that's a great segue. I thank you for taking us down the path of history, Dr. Sidney Mufamadi. We now turn our attention to Dr. Mechi Mahoba, who's a political analyst. And perhaps you can pick up from where Dr. Mufamadi left off, which is the priorities, the obligations, the issues to weigh up in the creation of a nation state post-1994. And somebody uh, referred to as an apartheid collaborator warlord, warmonger, being invited to join a government of national unity. Um, how did Mr. Butelezi then turn the page of history, Dr. Meji Mahoba? I think it, uh, he was allowed by the situation post-1994 because so, um, the ANC was operating within uh, liberalism, which allowed people with questionable identities and characters to be part of government and, and Butelez is such a character. Adding on to the labels that you've put forward, I think the man was also a cruel liar and a murderer. And 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 then he was allowed to get away with all these things he has done because 
the lives of the lives he has terminated are that of black people. And if it was another race, he was not going to be allowed to be anywhere in government. But because the the, the value of the lives that he terminated doesn't really matter in under liberal racism that South Africa is. He has been allowed to live peacefully, mm. and we are still going to live with the consequences of, of, of his actions because partly the, crime, the, the violent crime we have in South Africa was planted by people such as Butelezi. Mm. May I ask you about uh, Mr. Butelezi? post-1994, post this era of political violence, even if uh, the victims of the violence still felt it viscerally within their hearts, how he then became this um, important member of cabinet in a portfolio like uh, Home Affairs, which ultimately is Homeland Security, if you want to use another term. Uh, There was a time when he was acting president, for instance, and just how he conducted himself in the institutions of state. He's said to be one of the MPs um, and leaders of the opposition who really respected and upheld the decorum of parliament. Just tell us about that aspect of him. I think, importantly, uh, Butelezi was a manipulator. He knew how to uh, negotiate on a table of power he understood South African politics from that angle and how he can position himself from benefiting from the weaknesses of the transitional uh, politics and uh, adding to that and how he managed to maintain a, a, a prominent profile figure in South Africa. I think what comes from this is this person was a negotiator, but unfortunately the negotiating skills was not that of saving the country, was someone who, who had blood on his hands and who continue to, to, to subscribe to right-wing politics that instigated the violence mm. in the 90s. Okay. Let's talk about the party he founded pre-94, uh, the Inkata Freedom Party, and what it stood for or what it stands for. Because there was a time where IFP and violent Zulu nationalism sort of were terms used interchangeably. And... Today, IFP is seen as one of the parties that speaks truth to authority, that um, uh, you know can lead SCOPA on public finances, can raise questions of democracy and the failure of the ANC to uphold the democracy. It's a total rebrand, I think some people would say, of the IFP. What was it intended to be initially? What does the IFP stand for ideologically? And has that changed? Oh, we're struggling to hear you there, uh, Dr. Mahoba. Oh, no, we've definitely, definitely lost you. Let's try again, Dr. Mechi Mahoba. No, we failed. Okay, so I'm going to ask that we move on uh, to Professor Sehauge Langubani, who is a cultural expert and lecturer at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Good morning, Prof. Good morning to you, Lerato. How are you? Fine, thank you, sir. And your line is much clearer. So, yes, we're trying to get a picture of Dr. Butelezi, um, the political negotiator, 
Dr. Butelezi, the cabinet minister and elder statesman, and Dr. Butelezi, the prime minister of the Zulu nation. Perhaps you can answer the question that uh, that uh, Dr. Mahoba couldn't answer because his phone cut off. The IFP and how it's been seen in politics from a bastion of Zulu nationalism to kind of a bastion of constructive opposition politics in government. Do those two things go hand in hand or is, has it been a deliberate effort to kind of work on the image of the party? Yeah, I, I think uh, what happened uh, transpired through that uh, is that uh, uh, in our new democratic uh, 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 environment we are trying to build the nation so it was based on what uh, uh, former president uh, Nelson Mandela uh, stood for reconcili- reconciliation so it was part of that uh, endeavor to reconcile with people of South Africa mm-hmm. and I think that is why he was put in that position, like you have said earlier about heading Scopa as IFP. So I think, uh, although I, want wa- I don't want to comment uh, on uh, on the political side of uh, Prince Butelis, but uh, what you are saying is correct, that uh, if there was some uh, reservation about his ideologies, he would never have served so long uh, at the, in Parliament okay. because he's now the longest-serving MP in in the history okay. of South Africa. So I think uh, it was in line with uh, his uh, ideologies and principles. Right. All right, let's talk about... Um, what he represents to the Zulu nation. So one of the first things that happened at the advent of 1994 was him negotiating for the establishment of the Ingonyama Trust, which would put all the ancestral lands of the so-called Zulu nation under one administrative and financial body. And that says to people, he was absolutely first and foremost an imperialist, a Zulu nationalist, uh, a tribalist. Is that a fair characterization? Uh, yes and no. I think, uh, as we know, the, his background, that he was uh, one of the royal family. So he defended and fought for the Zulu kingdom, although we know that the powers were withdrawn by the British uh, regime. But Tillis, from his background, uh, and his mother, Princess Makoko, coming from the royal family, he influenced him to stand firm for the Zulu nation. Not for the purpose of promoting tribalism per se, but for the upliftment and enhancement of the Zulu people. Because we know that the Zulu kingdom died with uh, King Kuchwayo when uh, the, the, after the war. So, in fact, after that, uh, uh, King Timizulu was sent to exile and his powers were reduced mm. to a param- the one of the parliament chiefs. But uh, Butelezi still managed to sustain the Zulu nation mm. to where it is now. But why, why, in a, why in a republic? Why must this happen uh, at the expense of South African taxpayers in a country that's trying to create national unity? Why did we still need to 
create a separate category classification for Zulu people? No, 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 no. Uh, you see, the, 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 the Zulu people are part of the, the South Africans, and uh, even the, 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 the number, they are the largest number in the population of South Africa. So it's not a separate or autonomous uh, structure, per se, but it is part and parcel of uh, South Africa. And if you consider the Nguni group, the Nguni group is the largest uh, group in the country. So it was not like he was pushing a separate entity uh, within the government, mm. but he was pushing for the Zulu identity. Okay. That's why he fought for the traditional leadership in the constitution as well, because as you know, uh, the constitution doesn't say much about traditional okay. leadership, but this is what he defended, that the traditional okay. leadership should be recognized. And let's talk about as the Prime Minister, as how he's referred to, of the Zulu uh, nation and Chief Advisor of the Royal Family until recently, and having served under two uh, kings, uh, King Goodwill Zuelitini and his son Misu Zulu. Yes, there have been some ructions in the Royal Family, but many people say he was the center that held it together. Explain to us why that is, and then the second thing you can explain is why there's so much sensitivity around the name Gacha, and I'm asking it with respect. Yeah, I think we can one can say that he was no angel no one is an angel and no one is perfect there there are good uh, and bad things about a person because any person is is human being and there is that human element so we know that some people consider him as a hero some consider him as a villain but the mere fact that he held that position of being the traditional uh, prime minister of the nation for such a long time, because he could have been stopped in between. But he served uh, King Cyprian uh, Nyanga Ezizwe, who was the father to King, the late King Zulitin. And then he also continued during uh, King Zulitin. And he also played a very instrumental role in the installation of the uh, current king. So the, 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 the fact that he is human, he, he is bad. And also there are good elements that one uh, witness which are tangible in the, in the leadership mm-hmm. of the Zulu nation. Because, because you know that the, 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 the traditional uh, prime minister is an advisor to the king. That is why it is a prerogative of the king to appoint such an individual mm-hmm. who is capable of advising, okay. who has a vision for the nation, just like okay. uh, Umkaba Chama decided not to get married because he had passion for the nation. Okay. And my final question was, the sensitivity around the name Gacha, why? Very briefly. No, it's, it, it, the, 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 the sensitivity comes from what happened. You, you know that there was black-on-black war in the 80s, and that's where uh, people will uh, speak about it because it was quite uh, significant that uh, there were people who lost their lives. There are orphans 
that uh, remained after the, the, the black on black violence. Uh, and we know that the, the black on black violence was caused by the imperialists who divided uh, uh, the, the black people. That is why the, the, that is their style of ruling to divide and rule. So it, it is sensitive in that way because of the killings. Okay, thank you so much uh, for coming through and joining us. I'd like to thank all of you, Dr. Sidney Mufamadi, former Cabinet Minister for Safety and Security, also a member of the negotiating team at CODESA, uh, and the peace accord, actually, the National Peace Accord, which was signed on the 14th of September 1991, so almost exactly 32 years ago. Dr. Meji Mahoba, unfortunately his line died um, so close to the end of our conversation with him, and Professor Sihauge Langubani, who's a cultural expert and lecturer at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. I just wanted, for, for people who are probably wondering, why is she asking about the name Gacha? So my understanding is that, that the name Gacha kind of means doing as your heart's desires, doing what is your destiny, destiny and that destiny could either, the, either be positive or negative. And so in all the stories of political killings, this name kept on being used as one of a dark destiny. And so in the post-94 era, um, the rebrand to his, you know, family name was really about taking away the sting of that former name. But uh, cultural experts can correct me. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.